Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pixels and Ink podcast, episode 322. I am your host, Jordan Biorty, and joining me today is a pretty, uh, it's a pretty packed house. We have the always wonderful Clement Go. Oh, thank you so much. We upgraded from eccentric all the way to weird. Now we're all the way to wonderful. Man, I'm excited for the next episode already. How's it going, guys? Well, it's been pretty good on my side. Just, uh, you know, enjoying the very eclectic weather we've had today. Eclectic. Word of the day. It's like 23 degrees outside. It's like... Yeah, somehow. It's super wet, I heard. Like, this is what happens when you have long winters and, like, everything melts. This is kind of one of those days. But This is the the pre-winter melt (laughs) that we're getting. And, of course, we have the delightful... Uh, oh. <laughs> I hope it's not me. Oh. <laughs> well, I was deciding who to introduce first. And I, and yeah, I he had to pick one. He had a gun with one bullet, and he had to pick one. Who's he going to shoot? Who's more delightful? Gonna, uh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say Chris. Oh, damn. <laughs> hey, good to be here. Good to be back. Un- 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 that was it. Unnamed intern number one back again. Now, yeah, now, now, you, now you, we, uh, you've, you've cleared the bar twice now, so don't let me down. It's three feet, yeah. <laughs> three times the charm. And of course, we have Alex Hansiak joining us. I've crunched some numbers, and I'm happy to be on this show. What, what numbers did you crunch? The numbers of whether I'm happy to be on this show. Oh. I, I've decided. <laughs> decided it's nice, to, did, nice we, to be on the show. His stomps for pixels and ink went off the charts scientifically accurate happiness yeah you know it's it, it's been a while me and cole launched the new podcast but i'm back back to my pixels and ink roots for 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 a show oh yeah he yeah, just came on here to talk about his podcast i did thanks guys it's called that's it Bye, that podcast. <laughs> <I'm outta here. laughs> you just you're just here to promote it yeah you know like in-house promotion is the way to do it yeah you know we gotta, yeah. we, gotta, we, gotta, we, gotta we gotta spread the spread the spread the love around spread the cheddar around yeah <laughs> Hi, Cole. All right, so so let's uh, let's dive into it. So the first uh, first big story that I really really wish Lindsay was here for is the 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 giant the thing that we thought the 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 Goliath in the hills that we thought was never going to go down. Quibi is shutting down. Was it really that big of a deal? I mean, like Quibi came out. I think during COVID as like an alternative to like just like streaming original content, right? But then Clement, like, yeah. Are you telling me that you didn't want to watch 10 minute TV shows on your phone in a phone sized format? Like that wasn't a million dollar idea that everyone was waiting for. Oh, it's like you? Did it's not you a million dollar it? idea. It's a multi billion dollar idea. I know, it's, it's, what was it like one point five billion dollar? I think yeah. In I'll be honest. An investment money. Yeah, uh, I wasn't really too sold into it. Uh, I've only seen more of the Kibi commercials than I actually did Kibi at all. I act as a matter of fact, I've never actually watched anything from Kibi. No, just the um, commercials. Nobody has, and nobody knows oh, yeah. what Quibi is or Quibi or you know, it's, it's it's pronounced Quibi, and you will Quibi. show Quibi some goddamn respect. It's like, an yeah, Emmy-winning hey, right. We are all in mourning right now. <laughs> it's it's they have you two know, Emmys. How dare you? It's it fine. Is, there uh, are more Tamagotchis in the sea. Don't worry, Jordan. There are. There are. I mean, it's it's on one hand, it's not really surprising because I mean, when it came out and 
yeah, no, we actually had a show about it, but I mean, everyone had their own opinion, and it was like, hey, this is kind of stupid. The way Honestly, they're lighting. I, I only heard of it like four weeks ago when my brother, my brother, and me made a joke about it. And oh man, you're you're lucky there, Chris. You're a uh, wow. Yeah, it's it's wow, gone wow, before wow. I even knew what it was. So it's yeah, it's, it's it's been in my life for like six months, and now it's finally getting out of there, which is nice. But it's you know like I don't think anyone was like, oh, this is brilliant, and it's going to make. I mean, except the executives and the people who put in a billion dollars. So I guess that 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 counts more than my opinion on this podcast. But uh, the fact that it's closing down is surprising because it had so much money in it. But it's also not surprising when you look at what the actual service is and when they were launching and everything that happened. It's like, yeah, yeah. that's that's what happened, and it's kind of what they deserve, I guess. They it's thought they like, could yeah. just throw themselves out there, especially with all the star power they had. Like I remember in the commercials, uh, they had like some content with like Kevin Hart, John Travolta. They had bigger names like Christoph oh, yeah. Waltz, and they even had like uh, what was it, Liam Hemsworth as well. Like at least they one had Hemsworth. like all the like parts they needed to build this kind of like self-sustaining machine but somehow it just didn't take off because like it was already oversaturated with like streaming services especially in a time when we're at home and we're already binging things like amazon prime tv netflix right tv kind of just has its mobile format but it hey like we already have these apps downsizing on but, phones it's not unique and nobody nobody wants that because all the content like it's not like okay, like it's, you know it's one thing obviously like when you know you're watching like netflix on your phone and you're like you know it's just like it's a it's a obviously it's not the optimal way you want to sit down and watch like a 30 to like you know hour long show but it's just like okay you know it's a, it's a it's a thing of convenience but it's just like if you're going to be like the whole the whole format of how they were just like making these shows anyway it's like that's what we have YouTube for. Like we don't need ten minute episodes with with big stars behind them. Like we already have our our ten minute content on the YouTube's. And I like, guess we'll so- never know if if it like it, let's say COVID never happened. If could be, I, I I'm guessing it would at least still be around. I don't know if it'd be super successful, but you know people no, are going I- out and, and and sort of getting these bite sized things. They had the star power there, um, but. Th- it was a terrible time to do it, and I really don't have much sympathy for them because they were like, "Oh, let's do like ten minute episodes, so we don't have to, um, you know, pay, pay, pay the people what they basically deserve." Like in terms, of, like they the they chose a ten minute format because it was it, it it was you know obviously like bite sized but also because like to get out of like some sort of union stuff and like some legal stuff where they had to pay people a certain amount for their work. So it's kind of like, huh, they're gone. And yeah. they kind of left the, an impact, but it's like a ha, huh, they're gone impact, you know. That's some shady, underhanded dealings. Yeah, that's I, I didn't realize they were doing all that stuff. I, I I just figured, you know, it sounds good on paper because you know they talk about you know the average human adult's attention span going down, and you know thanks to YouTube and things like that. Partly, the 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 idea of five to ten minute quality that's or five five to ten minute content that's not you know YouTube amateur made content. There's, I, I, like I could see a market for that, but just not in the time it released. But putting it that way, in terms of all those labor negotiation workarounds, that's yeah. I'm glad they're gone. Actually, when you, put it, it, when you put it that way, I agree. Like, yeah, it is like an idea, and like I, you know, like you said, finding like a more professional sort for YouTube and banking it on these huge stars. But there was always something to me that was very cynical about it, and it was like we're just gonna make a bunch of money, we're gonna put this in, and we're gonna, you know, you idiots are gonna pay for it, and they thought they were gonna be the for, for it. That, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you know, and also, I, I just want to, you know, just to just to that point, uh, Chris, you know, like, 
let, let's i mean let's not undersell like the the you know the the talent of a lot of like youtube like celebrities right or youtube oh, well, that's not what I mean like a youtuber there jordan <laughs> you know what i mean like views on youtube <laughs> i see you no, I, you know i mean just because it's like you know I, you know I, I, i'm not i'm not trying to you know throw chris under the bus or anything it's just like a lot of times when you hear that when people sort of like make that that like that comparison where they talk about like you know like quote-unquote like real stars like youtube's not like a like an actual like you know format in relation to like you know i guess like old hollywood or like you know television media like i just always you know i always kind of like curl up my nose a little bit and be like you know what these guys they're talented they work hard and i mean they wouldn't they wouldn't have a following if people if they weren't doing something right so you know let's not undersell them all the way no i i i I, of course meant no shade towards youtubers i'm just talking like objectively you know from the from the eyes of a hollywood executive or you know the average person who doesn't really understand youtube have a time when I'm looking for something to put on the TV. I go to YouTube anyways. Like I don't watch yeah. as much Netflix as I used to. But to, to some, I, like the uh, YouTube still kind of looked down upon. I guess I feel like yeah. it's like that that it was sort of targeted at like I I think a bit older audiences in a way where it was like hey people who don't really use YouTube and want to see the star power, but their programming is sort of geared like they were trying to hit younger audiences, which is sort of a a weird misfire um, to me. But again. I don't really know what shows they were on there. I know there was that weird one. Was it with the lady with the golden arm? And didn't they they relaunch the Crocodile Hunter or something? Like, that was the whole Liam Hemsworth thing? No, I think that was, like... Australian. Oh, no, that Liam Hemsworth one was actually, like, some weird assassin thriller where this guy had 24 hours to, like, run away from these killers, and every hour he'd survive, he'd make, like, a bunch of money. And Christoph Waltz was kind of, like, the uh, mastermind on the computer doing all that. Uh, so weren't they, yeah, weren't it, they, it, it's, it's the most dangerous game. It's like another adaptation of that old short story. Uh, weren't they also in talks of like relaunching Cribs or something on Quibi? That, that sounds like something that Quibi. Be like, Is yeah, Quibi let's, let's a place it. where all MTV shows go to die? They brought back Punked on there, so maybe yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, think, I, I think MTV was a place where MTV shows go to die. <laughs> so I, you know, like uh, we could talk about Quibi all day, but I think I just want to say that anyone who made money off Quibi as like an actor or something, congratulations, you got yeah, it. Good there. job. You got well, it. Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> got an Emmy out of it. I mean, he made that clean. That's wild. That's wild. Way to go, Lawrence. Good for him. You, uh, you, yeah. yeah. I think that's Larry. a good record. He got it for short form comedy or drama good old, series. Good old cowboy Curtis. Nice. I'm sure but, that will have a very special uh, spot in his collection of trophies. That's short form. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. He doesn't have one with a giant Q on it. It's so a bit shorter than great. the other trophies, but I'm sure it's just as good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's you know it's a, it's an emerging uh, new format of trophy. So Lawrence <laughs> Fishburne sure is disappointed. It wasn't a Tamagotchi. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. What do you mean? On. Moving TV on. wasn't a Tamagotchi. You promised me. Hey man, Tamagotchi's made a big comeback. So you just we, see we, Fishburn crying next to his trophy collection, and then he had all this Tamagotchi food and bed ready to you go. Know, actually, <laughs> you know what? You know what, Cleb? No, I'm gonna fight you on this because Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi thing? Okay, all right, go ahead. Yeah, yeah no, right, no, right, because just... you know what? Because Tamagotchis were around a lot longer than Quibi was. <laughs> hey, <laughs> this hey, is the I'm not fighting with you on that one. I'll. I'll beat the dead horse with you on that <laughs> so one, i was gonna man. say like yeah like 
Quibi, I was gonna say Quibi's gonna be gone now, but it's it's gonna be brought up as like, oh, this lasted longer than than Quibi. Like, oh, my my eighth grade relationship lasted longer than Quibi. It's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, it. it'll live on in reference. Yes, <laughs> we have to look forward to. I mean, I've heard of restaurants having a rule where like, if you make it past one year, you're gonna be fine, right? But something like Quibi, Quibi had everything, and it like I think it was less than six months it shut down yeah less than six months half a year that they didn't make it so that's a precedent for like every other company who's gonna try to do streaming or video streaming later on don't suck yeah Yeah. look at Uh, and and you know if uh, if we could if we if we could end this thought on anything is that if you're gonna if you're gonna launch a streaming service maybe maybe read the myth of icarus first (laughs) and just just know what that was all about Yeah, you have you think that could be walks, went too close but, to the sun. You know, yeah, they got way too close to the that, sun. You think they were too close to greatness? <laughs> no, that they were just too close. They they got they got careless. Icarus isn't about. What do you think Icarus is about? All right, next topic. What, what do we have? Moral of the story is: if you're gonna launch a mobile platform during a pandemic, make sure it can play on people's TVs as well. Yeah. Amen. All right, moving on. We got. Uh, we got Jared Leto returning as the Joker in the Justice Jared League. Jared Leto? Sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. Was that a how you pronounce it? I've been saying know. Leto my whole life. I don't know. Like, right now I have Leto? two movies in my head, and now I got Leto and Leto. I I, I think we should keep Is it? The, okay. The duo it, I thought going. it was Jared Leto this whole time. Maybe it is Jared. Maybe, I, maybe I'm just one of those, those the one guy who says Leto every you now and You got me again. for Quibi, so we got you for Leto. Wow. What a show. Okay, well. Well, you, you, uh, so yeah, so, um, he's going to be, he's going to be the Joker. Um, that's great. I mean, cause you know, if you're going to make a bad movie, you might as well make it bad all the way. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, like it, this isn't less intriguing for the Snyder cut for me. I mean, I still don't like that the Snyder cuts around, but Hey, that's a personal thing. I mean, maybe Jared Leto will finally get his moment of, to shine as the Joker, maybe he'll finally get that sort of vindication. He was what, like cutting, cutting the heads off chickens and like sending them to his like coworkers yeah, or something. Being you know, extra may- weird. Maybe, maybe that harassment's gonna pay off for him. Who knows? And I think it's kind of it. It kind of fits though, because like you know, the whole Snyder Cut thing was sort of like this harassment campaign that sort of came alive and then became popular enough that these executives were like, you know what, we're gonna put money into this. So we'll give it to you, you savages. We'll so give think, you the director. I think if cut. Jared Leto wins an Emmy for this, then that will be a great full circle thing. But he's already well, got an Oscar, so he'll be fine. True. Wasn't but wasn't wasn't also uh, Ben Affleck's Batman in Suicide Squad? Yeah, he was briefly. Yeah. Uh, so for like, I think he was on top of the Joker car. That, yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's like one cutscene or something, or like a cutscene, just one like chase scene. I think yeah. and that was about it. He's like on the purple Lamborghini, then it falls in the water. He uh, captures Harley Quinn, which is how she ended up in jail. So oh. that happened. Oh. I understand. Well, yeah, I thought I remember hearing something about how they like filmed a bunch of like scenes with like uh like in between like Justice League and Suicide Squad like while they were all sort of still attached to the project. I will say it was a smart way of keeping it connected into the universe cuz we do know that like Justice League is connected with Suicide Squad, Aquaman, Sam, all Wonder Woman, all the other movies, right? So it's nice to see that Jared Leto well, is kind of returning the favor, I guess, like by going into Justice League and it's a way of yeah it's a way of them of like keeping it going just like the mcu kind of don't get but i mean don't that well 
I would I'd say don't get your hopes up because supposedly the whole isn't the Flash movie supposed to be the Flashpoint thing? Yeah, so it's basically so they're going to just erase everything that doesn't work and start over. Like, you know, anyway. Keep yeah. the things when that you, do work and then get rid of everything else. Yeah, and when you think about like comic books, like their strategy for the last twenty years has been like, hey, you know, oh no, our sales are down. Let's do a relaunch. Oh no, our sales are down. Let's do a relaunch. Yeah, oh, no, our sales every are summer, down. Let's do yeah. a relaunch, right? And so, their excuse of doing that would actually be to put it in the story too. So well, like exactly. some big it, like, thing or what? It's a nice out. meta commentary where like hey, we're not happy with the stories that are being told. Like, we're not happy with the DC slate. And sure, there are good things that we like, but we, w- we would like to sort of do a reboot on it. So they're like, hey, let's do what the comics have been doing forever and just, like, have this crazy event where we invite all the Batmans back that we can get rid of Ben Affleck and m- maybe we'll bring back, um, you know, maybe we'll bring back the guy who's doing the Batman now, uh, Robert Pattinson. Maybe we will. Maybe that's a st- standalone film. But we're going to reboot it. And, you know, the second time around, we're going to get it right. And we'll see if they get it right. But right now it's like... It's- you know, nice reboot it's, stuff going on. It's funny to me that you have such an optimistic attitude about it, where you're like, you "Oh, know, that was pessimism, guys... dude." Was that pessimism? It sounded so optimistic. It was like, you know, we really don't like what's going on, so we're gonna fix everything. It's like, no, the real, the reality is, it's like, you know, we saw Marvel was making a boatload of money, so we tried to chase them way late yeah, in the yeah. game and and ruined everything really bad. So now we gotta course correct as much as possible. Okay, now, yeah, I guess pessimism is the wrong word, but I think it's, like, realistic, where they're like, hey, we're just gonna reboot, but what's to stop them from, like, making the same bad decisions that they made before? Like, reboots in comics don't solve things, because if it did, there wouldn't be more reboots. Like, it's a reboot, and then it's like, oh, no, things are bad again, and then they reboot again, and then things are bad again, so. I I might argue that maybe the only thing that would stop them from making the same mistake twice is the fact that the movies that probably most resemble like the way the Marvel movies are um, like in Shazam um, Wonder Woman for the most part, even Aquaman, which I ha- still haven't seen, but I heard is like, despite not really being a great movie is a ton of fun. And so yeah. it's like, those were the movies that everyone's ag- agrees are like, you know, they're fun to watch. They're good for kids. You know, they're, they're like, they, you know, and it, they 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 want to be like comic book superhero movies before they want to try and be like you know commentary on the genre and the industry as a whole as itself right like that was the that was the thing right like they actually kind of started making superhero movies whereas like Batman v Superman was a like not a great idea from conception right that's like you took a guy like Zack Snyder who you know isn't a bad filmmaker by any stretch yeah. uh not no you know when, he, when he's given something he he actually like cares about you know 300 was good i think he's good when he has sucker punch it, it arguably is pretty good i've seen a lot of people like do like whole essays about like how good of a movie sucker punch is he has a niche and i think i think i think what you're saying is that batman v superman wasn't his right ballpark right? no exactly like, and, and not only i mean like not not to say that i that i don't think that like batman v superman couldn't have been a good movie like with Zack snyder at the helm um it's just like it wasn't the movie like that could have been a a, a good enough one-off movie if you really wanted to re like or to make you know the dark knight returns into a, mo- a comic book not the movie into a movie um then sure yeah you could let Zack snyder do it it probably would have been fine but you don't make your your tentpole 
like launching your cinematic universe movie with like a gritty deconstructionalist movie slash comic like that's like really like 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 kind of mean-spirited about like the whole superhero like genre you mean like Watchmen? well but Watchmen, Watchmen was its own thing right like yeah Watchmen works even though you know Watchmen it works it works as a movie even though it kind of misses the whole like point of what the comic was trying to be about but like uh, you know, as a as a live action adaptation of the Watchmen, it's more or less just like a perfect shot for shot recreation, which I mean is probably the the best you could have hoped for with it. But it's just like that was, but that was like Watchmen was its own little yeah, very like niche thing, right? It wasn't like oh yeah, we have the Watchmen and this is going to be the launching point for our DC cinematic universe. It's like <laughs> what are you doing? Well, yeah, those. I mean, it was just the Zack Snyder film that DC was doing and all that, but. uh yeah, they decided that because Marvel has sort of this like, hey, we're family friendly, we're optimistic, and then DC's like, we're gonna be dark and edgy, yeah. and we're also gonna be PG thirteen, but we're also gonna be an hour and a half too long, and it's like, oh, that's very bold there. Yeah, and but and, but, and, but I agree that they have like the the films have gotten more enjoyable. Like I liked Wonder Woman. I really like I I really liked Shazam. That was Shazam was fun, great. Fun comedy film. Uh, I I didn't love Aquaman, but it was at least fun. Uh, it, at at times it was a bit watchable. Too long. Yeah, no, that, that that's always big. So I kind of like the idea that DC doesn't have a connected universe, even though they're doing the Flashpoint event. I like the idea of them just doing like different types of films. Like they have a Robert Pattinson Batman that looks somewhat like a period piece. Maybe they can do, uh, you know, another Batman with someone else, like a, like a Batman Beyond film or something like that. I think that when you're not tied to tying a universe together, it's actually freeing. And as much as Marvel has had success with their universe being tied together, it's also kind of constricting, and you get a lot of things that are similar in tone. So I think that it, but is it, but is that a, telling these stories is 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 a viable strategy. Is that a, is that completely true though? Because when you start to look at some of the other like mar, like like the Marvel movies, I think like I kind of get what you're saying. Um, but I think but like I think it's the difference is like they're they're sort of only really connected like by like a, like I don't know like uh like I guess just by circumstance really because like you know like you look at something like um i don't know like iron man and it's like you know you're you kind of like your standard uh, like a- action you know smart guy with a suit movie then you have like you know um oh my god <laughs> yes he, he agrees with me too <laughs> he, he agrees <laughs> with me too um, he um, does. <laughs> yeah, yeah he wants in on this action you know then you have like ant-man and it's like you know it's a comedy heist movie then you have you know you get you get into something like like uh thor ragnarok and that's like so like radically different guardians of the galaxy like so like yeah like it kind of genres exactly yeah so it's kind of like they're they're similar in the sense that like and they're connected in that sense where they all have to be part of the same universe and they all have to sort of have that like one connecting thread but like especially later apart yeah, exactly. As, as in the later Marvel movies anyway, like, yeah, they all start kind of like dipping into different genres and different styles and becoming these like really different movies. It has, it, well, I mean, it has become more, but I, I think that the fact that they do have to be connected and they both have to exist in the universe, like there is a limit to what they can do. Whereas you're like, hey, we're going to make a DC film. We're going to, you know, we're, we're going to tell the Flashpoint story. Great. Like, let's say it connects the stuff, let's say it does it, but we're going to tell this Batman story with, with Robert Pattinson and we don't have to have it tie into anything. We can have it tonally differently. We can, and then we can do like a nice, um, you know, a weird like maybe like a 
Silver Age space adventure or something like that. Yeah, like it's unique in its own way. So Which I'm that's not saying what that, sets them apart. Yeah, and, like I'm not saying that there hasn't been some unique stories in Marvel. I just think that the fact that they are tied together does hold it back a little and how far they can go out there. And I mean, yes, the Ragnarok is an example of like, oh, they do something different and the Guardians of the Galaxy are, are, are different too. But it's still... Well, even the Netflix stuff too, right? That stuff was all technically happening in like the same Marvel Cinematic oh, Universe. Oh, it is. Like... It actually is, yeah. So, they you didn't retcon it but... at all. No, and that's what I mean. And, so and, while and... like uh, Captain America was getting his ass kicked by the Winter Soldier, there's a blind guy fighting ninjas <laughs> in like yeah. New York. Listen, was... Jessica yeah. Jones references the 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 whole New York battle but okay, that's it's the in only, the same universe that's the, like hey like the the Netflix ones were their own universe basically and like sure but they they were like, they were like oh but, the Avengers are fighting right now and like great they are but, but this is yeah a exactly thing. but you know who's who the hell's calling Daredevil to come deal with like Ultron level threats nobody <laughs> I guess but like why is Hawkeye anywhere like it's <laughs> because Hawkeye's cool <laughs> yeah. I mean we could talk no, about you shut like, up. Who I've always liked Hawkeye. He's always been my favorite Avenger. But all that to say, good luck, Jared <laughs> yeah, yeah, good luck. We yeah. hope we hope you have a good time. Yeah, I'm actually kind of, I'm actually kind of surprised. Don't be bad that... in Tron is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised that the Tron remake's happening, and also that um we didn't really talk about how DC sets itself apart from like it's animated movies too because that's where dc kicks the most ass and oh it's you like, think i think the, i think the bulk of the animated marvel movies suck yeah it's surprising to see how different or how much out of their element dc is out of the comic panels and out of the cartoons because when they go live action it's just uh the formula is just not there and i don't know wh why dc doesn't understand that like the things they do in animated could apply to like uh a whole cinematic universe because that's exactly what yeah. they're doing in their animated ones too because all the they rebooted they did the new 52 thing they did the flashpoint paradox in animated form that's when they had a chance to retcon everything right and that's when all the superheroes kind of had their own series of movies but they were also unique in how jordan said that they had their own genres like with batman they explored like completely new things in their animated stuff like they adapted the court of owls the killing joke they adapted like uh damian wayne into the animated universe and like it was interesting in its own way based on like how they directly took from the comics like you said like shot for shot stuff and with uh batman it was geared towards like really detective-y stuff you know superman called back to the golden age of stuff flashpoint was all about time travel the suicide squad movies were way better than the animated ones because it was like a heist movie as well so like you kind of have that genre bending that works in the anime universe as well as like the fun and nitty-gritty stuff that made because it was like adapted straight from the comic panels right you already have that element that makes each character each storyline and comic arc so unique in an animated setting but then when you bring that into like, I don't know, something live action, it just sucks so much ass. And it's like with the animated stuff like DC, man, that's like not even Marvel can compete with the animated part. But then like, you know, when you bring something in to live action, I don't see why they can't do the same thing there. Well, I think I think that that's kind of the um the the point like that we were that we kind of like got to uh, at the beginning of this whole segment was that like the one the movies that that kind of leaned into it more and were like and and you know and were a, were a bit more fun and like and being a little bit more like even like like comic booky were the ones that actually did well right like yeah like like 
you know, Wonder Woman wasn't trying to be so like gritty and 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 dark and serious, right? Like Shazam, yeah, Shazam is a straight up comedy. Like and like you know, so what when you actually like and and that and that is the big difference I think with the Marvel movies that the Marvel movies kind of like respect the like that the fact that like these are movies that are based on comic books and comic book characters. So it's like, why are we going to try and make them realistic? Like, let's you know, they just make them like like you're almost like you're just watching a comic book. Yeah, and we t- talked about Watchmen briefly earlier, but that was like like obviously a fantastic graphic novel, perhaps greatest one of all time. But it was unfortunate. It's it's sort of unfortunate how big it is because people read that and read that to be like, oh, this is how we should do superheroes. They should be dark. They should be gritty. They should be you know have these have this sort of like edge to them, and they should be murdering people straight up and Oh my gosh! Well, what if what if someone was Superman? What would they do with those powers and that kind of stuff? And it's like, yeah, but that it was a deconstruct. It was a look at superheroes and be like, guys, this is what you're turning superheroes into when it was meant to be a thing for kids to have fun. Like it's supposed to be a joyful thing. I don't really don't think Watchmen was trying to prove anything when it was made into a movie. It was just like a product in its own right. I don't think it was trying to raise yeah. any bar at all. And a lot of Hollywood took that differently. Well, and that, and that's the thing I was going to say, uh, is that it, it just, it really didn't help that, uh, you know, that the movie that kind of came after it, or was it after it, or kind of in the wake of it, um, was like Batman Begins and, you know, that whole spiel, that whole thing. Yeah, so, and like, I mean, like, yeah. comics in the last, like, since, since Watchmen, since Dark Knight Returns, since Batman Year One, it's been, you know, it's been geared at people who are, like, in their 20s to their 40s, sort of like, and it's, it, it it has this sort of like fake edginess and grittiness to it that like I think this is the main point of it. But then that's also where like the movies are looking at. They're like, well, let's just tell this story. But I, I mean, I like yeah. I, I like the Nolan trilogy, but it's not necessarily what I look for in superheroes. No. Yeah, like like Man is still kind of proves that you can't apply the Dark Knight approach to anything. Like that worked for Batman, but that yeah. did not work for Superman. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like Which, the, I'll, yeah. yeah, my hottest take would probably be DC animated movies are what the uh, DC live-action universe should have been. Maybe. Uh, I, 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 have, I have quarrels with that statement, but <laughs> we, uh, we're getting, a, li- we're getting a, little, uh, a little too deep into it. So let's, let's move forward with, uh, with a fun little, uh, a little bit of uh, interesting casting news. Um, so we got to look at Tom Holland as Nathan Drake for the Uncharted movie. Yeah, the Which long I suffering is, Uncharted movie. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh, I remember I remember when that was when that when that was first being talked about and people were just saying like you should just cast uh Nolan North as Drake. I mean, he does his voice and he looks exactly like him, but then like, you know, like 15 years went by. <laughs> yeah. Now he's 50, so is Nathan Fillion, who was also the right. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, do him instead now. Yeah. He's gonna be old man Drake. Wouldn't oh wouldn't that be something? That's that that's uncharted yeah, too. Let's uh let's let, let's get the first one out first before we <laughs> yeah, play let's the get the first one out. So I mean I I I I don't really know what to make of this. I think it's uh fine. Tom Holland is a pretty uh fine actor. Tom um, Holland has the watched... chops for sure, yeah. I haven't watched that thing that's on Netflix now that's well, I think is like a it's like a serious kind of like psychological horror or something. Movie yeah, Tom Holland's did. in that one. I, don't, I can't remember the name of it. It's like something. Yeah, I mean, like he's pretty athletic too. He does his own stunts as well. I mean, in Spider-Man: Homecoming, this guy was doing his own backflip, so you could tell he's oh, yeah. got the chops to be like 
a stuntman, obviously. Uh, I just think, like, I can't get over how young he is, so how that would translate into something like Uncharted would be a bit, like, jarring. I mean, like, I've played the games, too, and in the beginning, like, Drake's Fortune, like, we already like Nathan Drake, because, like, he's already been this, like, jaded result treasure hunter with a lot more to learn, right? But at the same time, like, this goes back into, like, uh, the earlier years, right? So we kind of have to go through a little bit of a slog to see uh how he tom holland becomes uh, nathan drake before he actually like you know be is at his like prime you know there's definitely gonna be some cognitive dissonance there for audiences i think like they're gonna like the game fans are gonna go and expecting that character and then they're gonna get him before he is that so that'll that'll cause some knee-jerk reactions for sure that's the game movie curse right there so that's what makes me a little bit skeptical every time they announce some kind of a movie like the uncharted movie so like already it's going in a different direction but how far it's gonna go uh it just seems pretty apparent that like uh we're getting a young nathan drake we're getting a a young sully played by mark Wahlberg, right (laughs) and it's like through the set pictures as well it like what worries me the most is that they're going in a different direction and they're also trying to like uh, recreate some of the scenes from there because i think in one of the set pictures in your story chris uh, there there was a uh, drake and sully both in tuxedos right and mm-hmm. like they're trying to like probably go to this like heist or like they're trying to steal this artifact from this auction right now they did that in uncharted 3 and they did that in uncharted 4 but that was when both drake and sully were like super old and like they're just uh doing like one last score right so like it's a little bit jarring to see them like open fire on all of these um set pieces right right when um nathan drake is like super young so when we finally get to like nathan drake being like maybe older if there is a sequel then like what what else are they gonna take from the games See, this This is where I think this is probably the best way that you could actually approach something like this. Because, like, you know, on the one hand, it's like, you know, yeah, you're going to you're going to get people who are kind of just like like going into this game and look or going into this movie and just like looking at it like like it, you know, this is this has to be like the game, period. And if it's not, then like I'm already like, you know, not um like I'm not OK with it. But at the same time, it's just like. Um, you know that, that, that I think that does create kind of a like um unfair expectation of the movie. Whereas like if you take a if you take something like this where you know you're getting like you know a young guy like like uh like Tom Holland to play Drake, you know you you're like you're 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 taking some of the best parts of like even like the the the, the tr- like the trilogy or even the, I guess the quadrilogy, and you know and kind of like finding a way to sort of make them work in a movie or even just like not even not even taking them wholesale from the game themselves maybe they're just like as like you know you're they're just acting as like reference points right it's like oh you know that kind of like that kind of looks like something that happened in the game i kind of remember that um then like you know you're you're just you're you're just sort of creating this like this best hits album for a movie and then if they do a sequel like if it does if it's successful enough and it and it makes enough money and it it warrants a sequel then like you know, then they can kind of start going in different directions, maybe tell like a, an actual like original story, maybe pull some more like kind of scenes out of the, uh, you know, out of the games and stuff like, yeah, I'm sure they're not going to do the the train scene from Uncharted 2 in the first movie. Like, and that was like, arguably, in the my opinion, maybe openings. one of the best parts. Yeah, yeah. of 
Uh, well, well, maybe one history. of the coolest. Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. One of the coolest openings in any game, if not the coolest moment in the entire Uncharted like series. Like, they're not gonna they're not gonna throw that in the first one. So like they're obviously gonna have to save that that part. So like this honestly, yeah, this, this feels like the way to go uh, about it. Like you know, and you know, and and maybe to, to compare it to like a you know another movie that is obviously is not on the same level, but it's you know i i i kind of i kind of see something like a similarity to it is like if you look at like look at the the sonic movie right like sonic went in this like is you know it's very it is very safe and it very like it's sort of almost almost you know uninspired in a way but sonic did the right thing by like making a movie that was kind of its own thing it set itself up it 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 was successful it made its money and now once they go into the sequel they're going to be able to do all kinds of stuff, hopefully, that actually reflect, like, proper Sonic lore and Sonic, like, game. Yeah, style, I remember you, know. you mentioned it earlier, where it was kind of like not throwing people into the world of Sonic. Just in the same way that Uncharted could easily throw everybody into, like, this convoluted world of treasure hunting and introduce all these characters like Chloe, Sully, you got, like, all your different elements like Sam Drake as well, right? You could easily throw everybody straight into the games, right? Of course, like fans, players would be happy to see this in the first movie, right? But it's mm -hmm. kind of like a little bit overwhelming, especially if you want to make it accessible to audiences, right? So I guess like they're trying to play it safe. You know, they know that uh, a lot of new people haven't ever heard of Uncharted before or haven't ever played the game. So when you kind of bring them into this movie, it's kind of like a gateway where you got to, bring in short little bite-sized pieces of the franchise like one set piece at a time not all at once i think exactly that most, most video game movies don't have a lead as big as tom holland though like he's a pretty marketable pretty big rising star and you know you you, you throw in mark Wahlberg there so people who don't know about it be like oh this is like an Indi young indiana jones film cool treasure hunting you know I mean, people, people thought ever mark going to Wahlberg again, was but... gonna be drake <laughs> people he, wanted he mark Wahlberg. Years as drake yeah. like that would have worked as well he said in an, in an interview that he was attached to it for years as drake and then he got moved over to sully which i think would have been a mistake like i don't think he was the right fit for the character yeah, yeah. So. sully is old like his entire character revolves him climbing things and him going like ah kid stop i'm too old for this i ain't like this like i used to be oh i took a hooker to montreal yeah i, 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 don't, I don't see he's still <laughs> I don't really see Wahlberg as Sully either, but I mean, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because it is supposed to be a younger version of the character. I just, I, I, I'm not a big fan of him, period. So I, I don't know if he has what it takes yeah. for him. Honestly, face, what I, I thought know. they would have done was uh, similar to what they did in Uncharted 3, where they we got to see adult Drake, right? That could have been Mark Wahlberg. And then we see younger Drake, who's Tom Holland. So I thought Tom Holland would be like a part of the flashbacks. I didn't think he would actually be like uh, attached to like the entire movie. So that's one way they it could have made sense until the casting was confirmed and now we see like Mark Wahlberg mentoring Tom Holland. Yeah, sure. yeah. I guess I guess we're gonna have to find out. Um, you know, I I I I guess I'm I'm skeptical because you know the Tomb Raider movie didn't turn out very good. I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, I was gonna mention that to you. Like, I, 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 I liked it actually myself. Yeah, it wasn't bad because they did a smart thing. They in, in the Angelina Jolie versions, they went traditional, right? Like just it was yeah. a typical run off the mill treasure hunting movie. And Lara Croft looked exactly like the games, right? And then in this one, right, they actually 
people would think it's like another gritty reboot, but it's actually based on like the newer games by like I think Crystal Dynamics. So like the fact they turned her into this survivalist, right? Kind of made it more believable. And it's already accessible to audiences. You don't need to throw them into that world because in that reboot, right? It also was just as like a relatable, realistic, wasn't overwhelming. Well, right? it's an origin story too, right? Yeah. So like you, you, you get exactly. everything you, you technically need there. So that worked as a movie and I thought it wasn't that bad. Yay. Yeah, but, it was a good approach to it. But I think that, beca- and I, you know, I keep going back to Tom Holland starring in this, but I think that like similar to Angelina Jolie, because like the, the Tomb Raider money, movie made money. It was, you know, whether it's a fantastic movie or a good Tomb Raider movie that, you know, that's up for debate. Uh, but I think that they have less pressure because they, like, it's it's already marketable and they can sort of take things from it. But again, it's been in development hell for what, like 10 years, 15 years? Yeah, yeah it's been a while. It's worth noting Sony's going to be doing this movie as well, right? And obviously, like, Uncharted comes from that. The entire franchise comes from Sony too. So I feel pretty good at how connected or how close this source material it's going to be. We can only we can only hope. I mean, yeah, this is we've been waiting on this for a while, so I feel like expectation wise, it's it's not going to live up to anything. I never played but... Uncharted, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh well, cool. I'm jealous that you haven't tried it yet because when you do, it's going to be so good. Nice. I think I think um it, to to end this point on on a thought um Ooh. it's like hopefully I mean hopefully they do like really do take this. It in sort of a, a a different direction, like like I was saying, because I think I think part of the problem with a lot of video game movies is either like they they try to be too faithful to the source material and it ends up like not working. Um, you know, you look, look like if you kind of like look at uh, or or they they try so hard in the like in the other direction that it's just like it 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 becomes so disconnected. It's too grounded from... in reality. Not even grounded in reality, just just like just not like not representative of the thing it's it's trying to like be a movie of, right? Like, like I mean, look like look at Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed was so like unbelievably different from the games in for for like no reason, and it's just like ends up being a really bad movie because right. of it. Like, they had a movie, <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, everyone forgot that. about it. It was so bad. <laughs> yeah, it was. So, this seems to me like probably the best the best way you could probably approach something like Uncharted. Like real, what I mean, and realistically, Uncharted is is essentially just Indiana Jones the game. So like, yeah. this is just Indiana Jones the movie, the game now the movie. <laughs> and like, which just I think to, I think there's yeah. an Indiana Jones film coming out too, number five. Yeah, on it, yeah, with Harrison Ford back in the role. Let's see what movie gets out first. My money's on it, Uncharted, it? but uh, it's 15 years. So if I'm not mistaken about uh. Also about Indiana Jones, isn't um, Shia LaBeouf supposed to be the main character because he was his son in the last one? I and think they reckon that. Focus on him. Oh, yeah, did they yeah. reckon it? Oh, poor Shia. He went to help Optimus Prime. I think yeah. if it was Rome, they would have kept it. Go help Optimus. That's uh, what they said. Sam like, Wiki. Oof. You know they're poor they're guy. fine. Go to the other set, and that's how it happened. Go to the other set. Go to the other set, and yeah, I hope that doesn't happen with Tom Holland though. I mean, he's a great actor. He's like. Uh, yeah, in the picture though, like I just wanted to describe that quickly because it's smart that they went with the uh, Drake's fortune look because obviously, like Nathan Drake, like looked so different over like the past ten years. Like he had a whole evolution going on, right? So I think Sony's a little bit patient in like taking all the uh, set pieces from like the future games, but then like keeping Tom Holland and Nathan Drake in that like vintage 
2007 Nick, like Drake's fortune look. So and it's, that's, and it's that's perfect because he'll look out for. He'll age up with the movies, so he'll like, age and he'll... grow into that sweater. Yeah, exactly. It works. Same thing they wanted to do for, <laughs> for Spider Man, so he's got a lot of weight on his shoulders. I swear, yeah. like seventy five percent or ninety percent of Drake's fortune, or like Uncharted series was just shooting, right? So like, I didn't see a gun in that holster in that picture. So I wonder how much of that covered peeking out and shooting people there will actually be. He'll 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 find a whip at some point, <laughs> and that'll be his yeah. weapon. Oh, he went. Well, he's full. got a backpack, so maybe yeah. he keeps his gun in his backpack. Uncharted Four, they just brought him that whip, and he went full indie there. So I wonder if we'll yeah. get to see that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's get away from the news for a little bit because we've eaten up forty minutes talking about these things that really should have only taken us like ten minutes. I don't know how we always make a meal out of all these things. Um, <laughs> but Alex, you've been playing with um, Mario Kart Live. Yes, in person. I have I have been doing the Mario Karting. Uh, How has that been? It's such a strange experience. Oh, oh I don't like I don't like where this yeah, is going. No, obviously no, not like Mario Kart. Not necessarily bad. Uh, it sucks. Not necessarily bad, but like you know, you get the box and you're like, wow, this is this is a nice box, and you open it up and it's it's a Mario and he's got like a camera on top of his head, but it's like a Mario Kart, and you boot it up and it connects to it, and you you know. 20 minutes later, you're ready to play, and you're very excited. And it starts, and it's it's so cool that Mario's racing around your house. Does it and feel it's, like Mario Kart? I mean, it's Mario in a cart. It's, it's, it's pretty good. Like The, <laughs> the actual game's kind of janky, and like the AI's kind of weird. And the, the way it works, for those who don't know, you get the Mario Kart in there, and then you get four cardboard sort of um, checkpoints where you can set up your own courses. So what you do before is you... um. You use your Mario Kart to paint the course, so it'll, it like puts paint on it in the game, and then you drive wherever you want to go through. You, you have to make sure you hit all four checkpoints, and then go back to the first checkpoint, and that creates your track kind of thing. Does that and work? Then what? Does it work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes the AI like cuts the corner, and you're like, or like goes through a solid object, and you're like, I can't go through a solid object. I have a solid Mario Kart there. <laughs> uh, which which makes it a little janky, but it's so cool to be Mario karting around the house and like I. I was doing it, and my, and my parents were watching, and they were like, oh my gosh, that's my leg. And I'm like, yep, that's your leg, Mom. She's very excited. So it's, it feels <laughs> like a toy. Like it's, it, it's got that sort of wow factor. And all of the, all of the gates and everything are cardboard. So it kind of has that like Labo ancestry where it's like, oh, like Labo died so that Mario Kart could be in real <laughs> life, I guess, or, or, or something <laughs> like that. But it's enjoyable. It feels more like a, a novelty than a great karting experience. But it, it is somewhat deep where there's like, like 10 grand prix you can race and with like different like things that pop up like there's an ice one where you have to avoid these um you know ice people there's one where there's goombas on your thing there's one where uh there's like pow blocks and everything and it's 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 kind of cool and the thing is that like the course is whatever you make it so, so it's like changes every time the, how much elements from the games do they actually put into like the real world here because i from what i've seen it's just like uh people driving in a course but like how yeah. much is there to do in this course that you've built i mean there's like item boxes you, you, you can get like star power you can get like a bullet bill you can drop banana peels and if you get hit by something your cart just like slows down or like in the case of like a blue shell like completely stops uh kind of thing which 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 is cool uh are there uh, so i was wondering about this are there like mushrooms yeah 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 so there's your like regular top speed kind of thing 
And then, like, if you hit a mushroom, it goes farther than that. It goes faster. Like, the physical really cool. cart actually awesome. goes faster? Yeah, yeah. And it, it is something you won't really notice if you're playing the actual... Like, I mean, you're not going to notice your cart going faster unless you're looking, because you should really be looking at your um, at your, screen, at your right? screen, because there's stuff going on there. But it's a really cool toy. Uh, it is a bit expensive. It's I think it's retails for, like, $150. That's like uh, two Mario Kart games. I mean, it's it, it, it's a durable toy. It's a remote control Mario Kart, but it is kind of like that's it's kind of pricey for like a like I think a hundred dollars would have been a sweet spot for this game coming to the holiday season where it's like yeah, yes. but you know you know, and I think we talked about this when this first got announced. Like that seems somewhat reasonable to me, just on the just on the basis of like like you could go to like I know I've seen them at like like uh, certain toy stores where they actually have like. Just, just regular remote control cars, but they yeah. are like Mario Kart characters and they're Mario Kart cars. Yeah. And I think those retail for like, you know, 50, 60, maybe up to like 70 bucks. So like, yeah. you know, when you when you consider the, the toy itself plus the video game, like it's, I don't know, it seems somewhat reasonable to me. It is somewhat reasonable, but the thing is, I, I'm want- not... No, like, 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 it's for the tech, like, and the cart is, like, it's it's kind of small, but it's very durable. Like, I've been crashing into a lot of stuff, and it's still, like, no no scops or anything, and it it runs well. But the issue is, if you want to play, like, locally with someone, you're going to have to buy another $150 thing. Like, there's no sort of thing where you're like, oh, I'm just going to buy the car or, or kind of thing. Because basically what you're paying for is the car. The software is a free download on the, on the eShop. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like them to maybe do a package where it's like, hey, it's 200 bucks, but you get two cars or something, so you save something. Because I think that would do better for people who are like, hey, I want to race at the same time. Um, my favorite part so far, though, and this is something I did with my brother, was they do have a time trial thing. So you can race on your course, and then in you know regular Mario Kart fashion, you can have someone else race on your course, and there's your actual ghost going. And you can see how you do compare to them, but it's like an AR, and it's, it's, it's kind of cool, because you make your own course, you race through your own course, and that part of it works. It's not the deepest Mario Kart experience, but it's it's pretty cool to be racing racing in your house for sure. So like like what kind of longevity do you think this has? Like how often like how much do you think you actually play this in the long run after a hundred fifty dollar investment? Yeah, so I feel like I would whenever someone would come over, which again, COVID probably not gonna happen, but it it's kind of like a cool party trick and a thing to play and you can you can try new courses, maybe you can make some ramps. That's what that's something that I'm trying to do now. Um doesn't really work with the cart so well, but you know we're working on it. It's not very deep, but it is fun in short bursts kind of thing. Like playing it maybe like once a week and doing it because like when you're actually playing it, it's really fun. And the cart's good; it's responsive; it turns well. And um, being able to turn whatever environment you're in into a Mario Kart track is a cool concept for sure. Are you racing by yourself in these games, or are there like actual AI? With you? So you're racing against. I'm not sure if it's six or seven, but it's it's Koopa characters. And it's like in a regular Mario Kart game where they're racing and they're using items and, and, and stuff like that. So you, on your Switch, you see them. And obviously, you don't see them in real life because it's AR on, on the Switch. You see, like, they're racing around your house or your apartment and everything. And, you know, Iggy Koopa goes past you and you throw a shell at him. And then he spins out and everything. And you go by and you flip him off. And it's, it's, it's a good experience. <laughs> it, and, that's um, sick. But, so th- but that's, that's kind of it. Like, you get that. You have time trials. You have a few Grand Prix that have a few different, like, um, environmental hazards for you, and you. Oh, there's there's also different CCs. So I think they give you different speeds on your car, and you have to like unlock 200 CC, which is there too. I haven't unlocked 200 CC yet, but I'm curious as to 
Like, is this Mario Kart going to just go faster and be hard to control because it's like 200cc? Or if the AI is just going to be more difficult, which isn't what how it really works in Mario Kart because normally they're just faster. But yeah. yeah, it seems like it's a fully fleshed out Mario Kart experience. Like, I, I can imagine it feels like Mario Kart, even though it's not the same. But it seems like if it walks like Mario Kart, talks like Mario Kart, sounds like Mario Kart, it is Mario Kart. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think this is something that, like, Nintendo it, it has been really good about, like, for better or worse, because even even with the Labo stuff, like, the Labo stuff wasn't, like, super fleshed out. But, like, you know, when you're putting it together and, like, that, like that initial like experience of it like it is it is a lot of fun it's very interesting but yeah like you know it, i think the, one of the one of the questions that always hung over the label was its longevity and you know even today like that could still be like you know up for debate on whether or not like this thing is still viable i mean i'm i'm waiting for uh I'm waiting for them to bring out some more of those VR packs because Pokemon Snap is happening. And if they don't capitalize on that, they're just fools. <laughs> um, but like, you know, it, they're, they're really good at, the, at creating this sort of like these like out there sort of like toy to life experiences where like, yeah, like there is there is, you know, more than you would probably get from just like your, you know, average like you know, we made a like, like AR game or just even just like remote control cars, right? Yeah, and I mean, I think it definitely has more longevity than Labo, and a lot of that is that, hey, it is Mario Kart, and the core experience is cool. It's, it's authentic. Also just, it's also, like, Nintendo's started off as a toy company, right? Like, they... That's true. It's it's a cool toy to have. Like, it's sitting on my desk right now, and I'm kind of like, oh, that's so cool. Mario's just excited. staring at like, you, pointing a gun to your head to say all these things. I, his hands are on the wheel. He's a good driver, both hands. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a good guy. 10 2, baby. But it's... I'm like I'm well, glad and, I got and, it. It's it's enjoyable. It's it, it's a fun toy. And like, will a toy be something like the only thing I need to sort of like take my time for? Like, like it's this is not a sixty hour RPG, but this is a fun toy to play with that like brings joy in 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 short bursts. And I think do you that think yeah? Stressful. Do you think this is going to be the hottest Christmas toy of the year? No, because it's out of stock everywhere. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. And you, know, it's... you know, they for all, for all the good they do, for all the bad they do. I'd say mostly good, but they're not great at stock for sort of these physical items. Um, so we'll yeah. see if they can get them into the hands of consumers. I think that this is like a perfect like, hey, this is your big Christmas gift, kid. And the kids will be like, oh, my God, it's Mario Kart. Oh, my God. Oh, I got Luigi. Shit. It's like that kid with the <laughs> N64 in that video. It's an N64. But Mario, Mario Kart like... World Tour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Mario Kart. It's Mario Kart. And I think life. the fact that it's like cheaper, like, like if the kid already has a Switch and they're like, I want the new Xbox. And they're like, shit, the new Xbox is like $500. Kid like, just chucks the N64. <laughs> they, they, give, so. give him a Mario Kart. He'll be fine. Yeah, you, <laughs> you get a Mario thing. Kart. It's, it's cool. And like the actual experience, the first time that it like drives around your house and you're like, this is actually, it, the AR works well. It looks cool. It's um, it's it's neat. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I just just to just to like add to that. um you know the the way that the like Nintendo being a toy maker does sort of like it, I don't think people consider it as much as they do because I'm I'm currently looking right now at my little like Mario Lego set that I have and I just have like a little like you know just a little a cute little linear path set up and when I like when I think about like how well that like the Mario Lego set like works as this like like highly interactive little like toy right like mm -hmm. It's so it's just so much more interesting than like you're just what what you would get from just like a typical like Lego experience, right? Like even when you look at stuff like, you know, um, 
what was it like there's the like the lego minecraft and it just it just it, it's like it's what you get it's in the boss it's just it's just lego that looks like minecraft and minecraft is already just virtual legos um but like you know the stuff that like mega blocks did right where like mega blocks had like a halo set and a yeah. call of duty set and it's like literally all it is is just like just legos but they're call of duty right like there's no actual interactivity to it. Like Nintendo actually found a way frozen. to merge yeah. like the Lego and the video game side of it. And it's just so, it's so interesting how they, they consistently can do that, even with something like Mario Kart. Yeah. And I think uh, game companies do understand when they're building toys, they're not really out of their element because it's not just uh, toys that are being frozen in time, but uh, you can add another level of that by making it an authentic experience, just like in the games in the same way where you can, make your toy carts race just like in the game in the same way you can actually make your lego marios jump or like even like have easter eggs or get the sounds you know i think there's like a deeper layer or an extra mile that game companies can do with toys that other companies don't it's fun buy one (laughs) (laughs) go out and buy one (laughs) or don't yeah we're not getting paid by nintendo to say this we just trying not to fall for them scalpers because they're like selling it for like five hundred bucks. So. Oh, don't don't feed the yeah, scalpers, no, please. I totally don't, don't have a blue turtle shell hanging over. Also, my head. if anyone wants to buy my Mario Kart one, just yeah, just stick around. After it's four hundred ninety nine dollars. Thank you. <laughs> no, <laughs> three hundred for you, Jordan. <laughs> You're the one honest scalper on the internet. <laughs> wow, I'm not surprised if you go on Amazon right now. It's gonna be like five hundred bucks. Oh, I know it's rough. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why Nintendo has such a fear of like money. Just like we want to give it to you, just let us give it to you. Exactly. Well, the, they, or the naysayers say it's it's to create the demand by well the the, the, uh, the artificial shortages and whatnot. But. I wouldn't call them naysayers. I mean, there is a lot of like there's a lot of like logic to that. I just personally, I don't want to believe that you know my golden boy Nintendo would be doing such an immoral thing. Across the board and everything, yeah. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, it's like they did it with Amiibos. They did it with those stupid NESs. It's just like... Although Amiibos, I, to this day, I maintain that I, I don't think that that was on purpose. I don't know if they were trying to, like, drum up hype. I genuinely think that they were, like, really scared with how bad the Wii U was doing. That, like, people just weren't going to buy Amiibos. Well, yeah, there's, there's, there's no guarantee they're going to work as well as they did. But, uh, yeah, that one, I think, was a little more genuine. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, Nintendo's a business, right? So, like, you know, yeah. it's nice to see that their latest move with the Mario Kart toy is working. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I hope. I, and I, you I, need to charge I, I, it, but then it works. How long's the battery life? I'm curious. Uh, not long enough. It's uh, I, I've had a couple of times where I'm in the middle of a race, and it's like, oh, it shuts down. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, that's, that's great. You lose. Yeah. The uh, ultimate power-up. Like, he comes with a Duracell battery. Oh, if only a bit of a supply. Can you, yeah, can you replace the battery at least? It's a, it's rechargeable. It's just like a USB C. How long do I have to wait? So yeah, like full charge, I think is like an hour, hour and a half. What? Uh, That's like a full Mario Kart circuit, which isn't you know isn't terrible. Uh, it also has a thing when you're playing the game, you can see your battery level percentage. So it's it it shouldn't have been surprising for me, but it was because I was just having so much fun. Um, but you know, <laughs> keep it charged. You'll be able to play for for you know a good hour or so. Which honestly, like, you're probably not gonna want to play more than that in a row anyway. And if you do, you'll be like, oh, I'm gonna figure out how to like change the track around, and yeah. you can charge not, it while you're doing that. 
until they add online mode. I mean, I can't see how you would want to play this. I'm excited for when they release Waluigi as a racer. Like, are like are 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 they going to go through the whole thing? Because right now it's just you can either buy a Mario thing or a Luigi thing, and it's like, well, are are they planning on getting us some Donkey Kong or some Bowser, and how would that work? And I mean, how it would work? They they'd put it in a car. You know, but... I I can I could probably I could see like definitely them like creating like like and selling like individual carts for this thing yeah um but at the same time um i don't see why they would because honestly like it seems like the most like the 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 most logical thing to do is to is just to limit this to like two um two two people right like you don't you don't you're not going to want to have like five different carts shooting through your house at any one point in time and if you're going to keep it limited to like two players then obviously just even just from like yeah like from a from a business perspective just and nintendo has a very um like hard line image right like you know in, in terms of their business model right now so like realistically yeah you probably would just get mario and luigi like those are the two like faces of the game right yeah it would definitely be conditional based on like how good it does and sales and that's when they would go all out with the whole toy line so i could see this as being this like pilot project just to bring a parent's perspective on this i just imagined while you were talking jordan my five-year-old bringing over like four friends and then having five little carts like whipping through my house don't make more nintendo don't don't get out of control please please. for christmas sake just just please please don't and yeah like even with two people like just for the racing experience it would be tough because like when you when you bump iggy koopa nothing happens like you can go through them but if you're bumping your friend who has a luigi thing like that's an actual bump which, I mean, it, who's playing Mario Kart right now? Yeah, I heard that sound. <laughs> who's checking. playing Mario Kart World Tour? So it says, okay, I'm gonna host the game. I'm just curious as to how many cards you can have because I'm assuming it's just two at, at the moment. Like I don't, I don't think if you have like three Mario cards, you can do yeah, it. Yeah, there but... might be a secret option that will let you uh, play with eight or something. Logistically, actually, more than three or four just sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. can you imagine actually, just? Uh, yeah, like as kids, right? They're so excited. Oh, I get to play Mario Kart, and then they challenge the dad who's been playing Mario Kart for decades. I've, I've been waiting for that for, for years. <laughs> Son, you done goofed. Like the kid's not sleeping, so you put him to rest by like oh, whooping so, his ass in uh, Mario Kart. I think. I mean, I only have one cart, but there are four heads here. Hmm. Like, there's my oh. head and three blank heads, so it seems like you can have up to four racers. Oh, geez, four cool. players. Which would probably wow. mean me being speculating uh, that they're going to announce two more cars, because who wants to race with it, the same cars? But, yeah. uh, you know, maybe they'll cap it at four. But, I mean, the original is Mario and Luigi, but, yeah, four cars racing around your house, Chris. What do you think? Uh, pass. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this is a madhouse. So help My me God if be the chasing next... it. Yeah. <laughs> so help me God if the next racer is not going to be Steve from, from Minecraft. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh God. Can you imagine? It's going to be Sonic. I also, wouldn't be surprised. It's also just fun to like not not even do a race, but like put the Mario Kart and race around your house kind of thing or wherever you're at. Like, I was chasing my cat earlier today with the car, and it was, <laughs> it was an enjoyable experience. Yeah. Right now, I'm going around my room, so it's good. Oh, under my bed. Let's see. Oh. I know we can hear it. <laughs> oh. Wait, so was was Mario Kart built strictly for homes, or can you bring this out in a parking lot? Uh, it says to use indoors, so I'm guessing it's a matter of like, hey, the wheels might not work, like work well if you're going on like gravel or something. So or the checkpoints like, might like get blown over or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in terms of like keeping your Mario Kart alive, I wouldn't recommend doing it outside. But if you, you know, if you buy like six of these, then take them outside, kid. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised they didn't think about making this an outdoor thing. Just imagine, like, if you're socially distancing, you're meeting friends at, like, a car meet or something, and then you just bring out all the Mario Karts. Like, you bring out your Switches, driver. and it's these tiny cars. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, the commercials. <laughs> but, Although, you know, um, I could I could see, like, some really dedicated people, like, building little, like, tracks and stuff, like, yeah. to, to put outside. Oh, for sure. Like I, like, I think the track creation would be really cool. And, I, and it'd also be interesting, like, I'm not sure if streamers are getting into this game at all, but, like, you know, Kind of doing like a house tour, but while playing Mario Kart or whatever, like yeah, no, it's just, yeah that would be cool. But yeah, well, that's just lovely. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been playing a lot of Mario Kart um World uh, or whatever on the mobile, okay. and I don't know why because it's like the worst version of Mario Kart, but I for some reason like I just keep playing it. I think that probably yeah. speaks to the the mobile design of it, where it's like like semi-addicting but like it is like especially when you're trying to like beat your score in like cups and stuff like i was really into that game for like every time i play it i'm just like how did they make like mario kart bad (laughs) (laughs) you're like oh but how did they do it i want that new skin Mm. i do i you know i got the i got the the uh, the, i got like one of the first uh it was like the the anniversary pipes and like it's just like they give you like one shot and I just sat there. I'm like, I'm like, please be Rosalina, please be Rosalina. And sure enough, I got like the special like Aurora Rosalina skin. Wow. And like, I just like fell to my knees and wept. <laughs> and the bus driver's like, get back up, please. Yes, yes. Right. Get back and up. the bus driver was like, kid, it's the <laughs> Bert, get back up. So this is a Walmart. Uh, Keep moving. There, children here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the kids are looking at you like, I don't want Mario Kart anymore. He's back no, away from know, the toy uh, section. With 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 the little time that we have left, I had I have been playing, you know, and I just because it is it is October, it is the spookiest month of the year, and we haven't really talked about any any spoop games. Um, I have been playing Remothered Broken Porcelain on uh PC, and who boy did they really emphasize the broken part of that game? It's uh it's an experience and a half. Um. <laughs> Like, I mean, I didn't get, I really didn't get I, the best experience playing the first Remothered, just because, like, I played it when it came out, like, they, I, I reviewed it when it came out on the Switch, and, like, it's such a visually bad game on the Switch, like, it's just not, it's not optimized for the Switch, Switch it's, a, it's a real shame. Um, it's a real shame, because, yeah, like, I, you know, and I heard good things about the game itself, and then, I, like, I just played it, I'm like, wow, this is just unplayable. Um, and then, so, like, jumping into the second one, um, it's just, like, it's just like so the first one my experience was that like i could i couldn't see anything and so that's why i couldn't play it and this one is just like the game just just wants to be like broken half the time um and i mean and i don't know if it's it's just something like maybe i'm over it like i like the idea of like the stalker game where like you know you're constantly being chased by like you know an evil presence and you have to like outwit them and hide and it's like it's very like it's very intimidating and it's very like um puts like edgy the whole time like puts you on edge but like this one i don't know it just it just feels maybe because it's kind of a broken ass game like it just it's so like boring it's just like you just could run and hide in a closet and wait till they go away and then you know make a little bit more progress and then you know they might see you and then you run to another closet and it's just like it's just so bad but like the it's just the the bugs are the worst part like I I think it's like the the best one that happened to me thus far was I went to a save point and I saved the game and my character just got locked like in like the like the 
like you know area where you can approach the save because they're like it's like they're like mirrors you approach these mirrors and you can like save the game and restore your health yeah. so i did that and then my character just got locked there and i couldn't move so i was like mashing all the buttons to try, try and get her to getting move. out yeah and one of the buttons like calls out so you can like kind of like lure the the stalker character Yikes. So so that happened. <laughs> and you got the so, stalker to so, help. So no, the stalker the stalker came over and she starts attacking me. And like, I I still like even though now she like she like knocks me away from the save point. Like I still cannot move. And then it went into like the the like the animation where like you know she grabs you and you have like a second to like try and get away, otherwise you die. But my character wasn't present in the animation so just it just played <laughs> out like getting caught and getting murdered with like it, I, it, she just murdered a ghost like it was, <laughs> it was so stupid <laughs> oh my god and, and, and she like, still died from that like the like oh, yeah, no, I, still, no. I, got a, I got a game over from yeah, that okay. like even though she just she just stabbed the air and like blood came out of the air, but like <laughs> it was it was just like it was so dumb and so much it just it just so much of it's just like pulling me out of the game. It's just like I know and then not to mention that even just like like everything else about the game is just a mess. Like the story starts and you're like you're like getting brought in because you're like in a hotel or something, but it, it feels like you're in you're supposed to be like in a dormitory. And you're getting like reprimanded by this guy who I guess who runs the hotel and he's telling he's saying that, you know, he's like, what are you doing? We found like drugs and you had a gun. What were you going to do with that gun? And your character's like, I don't know. I'm just so over it. And then you go into your room and you get spooked by like one of your friends and she's like laughing at you. And then this whole other like melodramatic thing plays out where like you know, apparently this girl was responsible for, like, breaking your arm and, like, she sold you. She was. She actually uses the word disloyal. And I was like, are we in, like, the 18th century? Like, what is this? <laughs> and it's just like, but it's just like, it has nothing to do with anything. To the point where I was just like, I just stood there agog. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> like, 20 years out from, from Resident Evil and we're still being this melodramatic in games. Oh my god! It's, it's like, but it's like it, was, it wasn't even like cohesive melodrama. It was terrible. <laughs> it's just things, surprises coming out of nowhere. Twenty years ago, you made fun of me. Now I'm a ghost. Just oh, like it was. I wish, I wish there was that 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 was involved because literally, just like it was just one girl being like, "You said you were my friend, and then you weren't. And you tried to get me expelled. You tried to get me kicked out of here." And I was just like, "I'm like, wait a minute, like." Didn't this guy say you had a gun and drugs? Like, where is all this other information coming from? Chekhov's gun just... game. Chekhov's gun. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. And then I went back and I played PT again, and I'm just like, how did like one guy get this so like right? And like, you people still don't seem to understand what makes horror effective. Yeah, I mean, like, was it scary though? Uh in your no not even not even remotely it was just the stupidest thing i've ever experienced well speaking of uh stalkers i mean i yeah because it is spooky season right i think while you were getting chased by like schoolgirls, i was being chased by like mr x and resident evil 2 remake which was a real uh thrill ride even after it came out in like 2018 i think or 2019 and then like yeah, yeah. I've never played Resident Evil 2, not even the original one before, right? So, like, the fact that 
uh, Capcom remade it was like the perfect gateway because uh, I've never tried the first one, but it does feel like uh, this is how Resident Evil 2 should have been experienced, which makes it even more scarier because um, the fact they uh, gave it a graphic overhaul, like the engine looks great. And then the entire backdrop of Raccoon City looks even more nightmarish than before. So like getting to go back into that during Spooktober was a real crap show. Like I've played it before, but you know a game's scary when like it still manages to try almost make you poop your pants when mr oh, x yeah. busts out of the wall <laughs> like like the thousandth time and so, yeah like go, just go, going back to pt like again like it's like like i've i've literally gone through that game like a hundred times i've i've like analyzed every corner of that one room and like it still like gives me anxiety to like load that game up like it's just every single time it's it gets you and that's how you know it's super effective yeah like resident evil remake was so chock full of detail like pt where in pt the longer you play it and the more you learn about it the scarier it gets because it gets just more horrifying right when you figure out how like yeah. the the world building happens right they do the same approach in resident evil 2 remake where people know you've played the games before which is why the remake was so full of surprises because they would do their world building through like you walking through the police station and realizing like the walls the hallways are spattered in blood or like there are like corpses everywhere and the notes you read are just as terrifying too so it's like in this remake right um you know it's uh they added a lot more of those compared to like the original game right because it was in that remake where capcom had a real chance to do the game the fully realized version they always wanted to so for anybody trying resident evil 2 remake for the first time for like younger players like me right oh my god i was in for oh my i wasn't i don't think i slept that night yeah I, you know and uh i mean like as much as as much as the the the, the remake is is really really good i would definitely still say like go back and play the original because they kind of exist as as separate things i know i know a lot of people give a lot of crap to like the tank controls and everything but like they do exist like they work for a reason you know what i mean like like it's <laughs> like it it really does create that feeling that like even the game is actively working against you. And I think like, mm -hmm. like as much as people um, praise Resident Evil 4 for like sort of like tightening up the controls and making it more like a proper shooter. It's like a lot of it, a lot of that old school, like, you know, just like game design uh, was lost in that. Right. Like just because at, at that at that point, it's just like it, it is kind of a little bit harder to feel like as scared when you're this sort of unstoppable badass. Um, and that, you know, and so like. It's just like a lot of those, a lot of the things that they did in the originals were deliberate. I know people kind of like, you know, talk about it. Like, it's like, oh, it's just so bad. It's like, no, it's like they did that. On, like the camera angles change on purpose. It's supposed to feel disorienting. Like, that's the point. Um, so yeah, Clem, definitely, definitely go back and, uh, and try those. Yeah. Um, and any, 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 any listeners, uh, if you haven't played the originals, uh, they're like, I mean, Capcom did re-release uh, at least Resident Evil 1 like a thousand times on every console so and that that might arguably like that hd remake might arguably be the best one um mm -hmm. but it has like, tank controls all, and everything like it's the yeah but you can you can turn them off if you want to but again i wouldn't recommend it it just it, it makes well, it does make the game turn so it much off more. Yep. wait so you can, how you can would switch. you play the game without tank controls? so 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 um it basically just controls like more like natively so like you know it's it's not like it's not like with, like with the tank controls where like if you press up on the controller it'll you go that forward way. and then left and right turns you it's like it it, it it controls more like um 
more like uh, uh, I guess more like cohesively where like if I'm pressing down on the controller, my character is moving down. You know what I mean? On oh, that, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get even, it. It's not like uh, you're with... pivoting. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you can turn it off, but I, I, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Um, I, one more point I want to make was how like um, a lot of people have wanted or always wondered what Resident Evil 2 would like with like the modern controls, right? So the fact that that remake managed to make the entire experience work for a third person shooter didn't take away from that horror factor i found it actually added no, a no, new no. angle to like and, a lot of what you see and i think that and that's that's definitely what what came from uh the game sort of like being remade from the ground up that like um like it it uh you know it it, it created a whole new atmosphere like you know what i mean because it, it worked well with like yeah the the like basically everything it was trying to do right because yeah, like, i like i i haven't played resident evil 2 remake you know which is um which is i guess like you know shame on me because i love Res the original resident evil 2 um oh you're gonna yeah well i'm not gonna say anything except for like uh bring like I have, bring tissues with I, have, you. <laughs> I have seen some yeah i have seen some gameplay footage of it and it does look like genuinely scary for what it is so like I, I do need to eventually get around to sit. It, it, it goes on sale all the time. I need to just get around to uh, play it. Yeah, but... like you would think it's your run off the mill horror, horror third person shooter, right? Eh? But I'll be honest, like I haven't had a great time with something like Resident Evil 2 Remake since Dead Space 2. And it, those two games did feel super similar in how they executed. Yeah. Well, you know, there. So uh, our, uh, our listeners have some good uh, horror game recommendations at the end of this. So. I think with that, we, uh, we have to wrap up this podcast. Um, thank you again for listening. Um, you can find this podcast at CG Mag Online, as well as Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all, you know, most places where podcasts are listened to. Um, if you want to hear or read any of the things that we talked about today, read about any of the things that we talked about today, um, you can check those out at cgmagonline.com. Uh, if you want to follow us on like Twitter and stuff like that, where it's same thing, just uh, CG Mag Online, um, you can check me out on the Twitters at Ninja Jordan underscore, and you can also check me out on YouTube at Ninja Reviews. Clement, and if you want to know you? more about me behind the voice, well, you can find me at the Insta Word on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, and you can also find mm -hmm. our names, Clement Go as well on the breaking news and on cgm's website where we write a lot of cool stuff chris where can we find you uh yeah you can find me on twitter at hoogathy that's h-o-o-g-a-t-h-y and on twitch at guild two taps where i'm doing extra life in a couple of weeks so, uh, check that out Ooh, that's an instant nice. follow right there and alex you can find me on all social media at Alex Hansiak, and you can catch my show with Cole Watson on CG Magazine called CGM Flashbacks. This week we talked about E3 and tra our travel experiences and our weird stories and the time that Cole almost died. So if you want to hear how Cole almost died, <laughs> you know, listen to the I show. Yep. His I might have to listen to that because I didn't know Cole almost died. Yeah. What that was might it? not have happened, but listen to the show. <laughs> Definitely. Well, from uh, all of us here at CG Mag... Thanks again for listening. Stay inside, stay safe, and listen to great podcasts by great people. And, remember, and wear a mask. Keep it spooky. And keep it spooky. <laughs> spooky. <laughs>